0: What the heck is whoa and hey, hey, hey? I mean, why not watermelon? I love watermelon.
1: And a home. welcome to episode 19 of the hit the deck podcast where we talk deck hockey street hockey ball hockey it's hockey in sneakers oh 19 episodes our little podcast is all grown up about to leave its wild teenage episodes oh they grow up so fast don't they
0: james Yes, they do. So uh, this is going to tie in nicely with what's on deck tonight, too. But uh, great job in raising this wonderful podcast. (laughs) Oh, and to you. And (laughs) to you. It was definitely a joint effort. How are you, James? I'm doing well. How about yourself, sir? I'm
1: not too bad. Not too bad.
0: Awesome. Very (laughs) cool.
1: So, um, you know what? Why don't we just get into it? Why don't we get into the starting lineup? So for tonight's starting lineup, in goal, I am... The American Rhino, number 35, Gary McComiskey. And, of course, my co-host...
0: On defense, number four, I'm James Ajazy
1: And joining us once again from Snipetown...
2: On defense, we have Sam Chima, and I wear uh, number 21.
1: All right, so thanks for joining us again, Sam. We'll talk to you in a little bit. And uh, for you, James, would you be so kind as to tell us what's on deck for this podcast, please?
0: Would be happy to. Thank you. Sure father's day it's time to celebrate dear old dad everybody father's day is june 19th and as we did here at hit the deck for our dear mommies in may we will do for our daddies in june all good fathers are invaluable hockey dads included so make sure you honor your deserving dads on father's day and god bless them for all that they do 1980 u.s olympic team gear auction Legendary players have been auctioning off some of their historic game-used gear. And won't you take me back to Snipetown? It's the conclusion of Hit The Decks' interview of Mr. Sam Chima from the great hockey magazine and website, Snipetown. Sam embodies all that is good about hockey at all of its levels and why hockey players and fans love the beautiful sport so much. Sam and his fellow staffers at Snipetown are Hit The Decks kind of guys and gals. And if you didn't think so during last edition's part one of the interview, you'll know why after this podcast. And that's what's on deck. Thank you, James. You are very welcome, sir. Thank you for that opportunity.
1: No, of course. <laughs> so uh, Father's Day is coming up this
0: Sunday, huh? Yes, re And uh, we'll mention it later on again. But uh, very happy Father's Day to you, sir. Oh, I thank you, sir. Well, happy Father's Day to you. Aren't you uh, you're uh, godfather, aren't you? Yes, thank you. Yeah, that—that's how I backdoor it. So uh, my brother and sister-in-law did all the work, and I get to have all the fun with the with the niece and nephew, which is the benefit of being an uncle or an aunt. So I take full advantage of that, and thank you very much.
1: I'm gonna give you some playtime. You can't refuse.
0: Well, I, yeah, I wish I was that kind of godfather, actually, <laughs> but I don't have any power whatsoever. So. <laughs> Plus, like we said before, my nephew actually beats me up and he's only four years old. You have mentioned
1: that. Yeah, that's okay. I hold it against you.
0: (laughs) But uh, yeah, getting right into it, hockey traditions, the love of playing and or watching hockey has been passed down from fathers to their children as long as hockey has existed. And we have a prime example right here, Mr. American Rhino himself. Yeah, I mean, I,
1: I definitely do try to pass down my love of hockey to my daughter. She, uh, My daughter, Julia, who is five and a half, I guess. Um, yes, she, that half is important. For yeah, no, definitely. She is, well... It took a little time for her to actually care. It's a process. First, it's recognizing which team is the Rangers. Then it's trying to convince her that the Rangers are the team that we want to win. And And then finally, it's getting her excited about when the Rangers score goals. I think the last step is going to be she's recently become very interested in the outcome of Mets games. So I'm hoping when next hockey season rolls around, she'll be equally interested in the outcome of Ranger games. So, you know. I'm doing my part.
0: Excellent work at that too. Yeah, it, it helps that she's just a, a talented and very intelligent young lady too. So, exactly, it's it's funny as we take for granted, I guess, uh growing up my whole life my parents are sports fans. My mom's a huge Mets fan and my dad loves hockey and and and, and football as well as soccer. For uh, us Americans, but um, yeah, it's you don't realize it's it's just ingrained in you that you need to learn these basic things like which right. team to root for, what jerseys they're wearing, sure. who's the home team, and it's it's difficult in hockey. It's really hard to follow the the, the game on TV and yeah, especially yeah. on the radio. And your daughter is as sharp as as they come, so I'm sure she's obviously she's in great hands and and she'll only just learn to love it a bit more, and and it's much more fun when you. Know what's going on. Thank you, Fox, with that uh, (laughs) stupid glowing puck that they experimented. Fox tracks. Oh, my gosh. I'm I'm a hypocrite for working for that company, but they almost (laughs) killed Brian Leach because of that stupid puck. But that's a whole issue for another episode, I suppose. Well, I can't take all the
1: credit. My uh, dear wife does, of course – also bring a love of hockey to the family, and, and she does just as much to try and excite my daughter and, and educate her into hockey. In fact, my wife claims to be able to follow a hockey game on the radio quite well, so hopefully that's something she'll pass on to Julia.
0: I, 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 I wish she'd pass it on to me, too, because <laughs> yeah. when I'm listening, I'm always hesitant to cheer if there's a goal scored. Should I be excited? Should I be angry? So I yeah, struggle but, with it a bit, too. So Right. It's, 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 it's hard. But uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, again, I mean, you being a father who both plays deck hockey and hosts a weekly podcast about deck hockey. So that's pretty cool to uh, have a little daughter to uh, pass that on to as well.
1: Yeah. And I've mentioned this before on the podcast, but Julia really does. Um, she really badly wants to play deck hockey with us. She's she's mentioned many times that she wants to play. And then I tell her when you're a little older because you know, right now that everybody's a lot bigger than you and even the stick is bigger than you and it's not really safe for you to play but we'll we'll get her we'll get there and i um actually it's funny i do uh, have a personal stake in passing on deck hockey to julia my parents just my parents love to buy her stuff because they're grandparents and that's what grandparents do but um recently they were getting her um a new bat and ball or a, a couple of bats and balls i don't know my parents have no common sense but um so they they were in the store and they were getting these bats and they're like uh, my mom texts me she's like oh which hockey stick do you like i was like why do you have a julia size hockey stick oh you mentioned you wanted to get her one so here we were gonna buy her one no i want to buy her one it's she's my daughter and hockey is my thing so i'm gonna get her a hockey stick thank you very much so uh, yeah, I, I do have a personal stake as her father, and uh, hockey is something that is important for me to be able to pass on.
0: Absolutely, that's great, and, and that's that's also awesome that your parents, or at least their hearts, were in the right place, and, and I'm yeah, glad they were. that they had no, yeah, sure.
1: their hearts definitely were in the right place, but
0: uh, yeah. you know, and and to their credit too, they actually asked you first, which is pretty yes. rare. Mm-hmm. So uh, that just goes to show you what, what great folks and why you're such a yeah. wonderful young man yourself. So good stuff. Thank you, thank you. And uh, speaking of pops and fathers, uh, our very own Mr. McCullough of the LIQ and the voice of Hit the Deck, no less. Now, obviously, Gary, you know him a bit better than I do, but uh, we've got a few fathers in the LIQ, which is great, and uh, Mr. McCullough is kind of our adopted father of our league, too. Yeah, well, I mean, he's, he's the father of someone in the league. Um, That's right.
1: But, and so... He is, but yeah, he is definitely, uh, I guess, you know, if nothing else, he's definitely the oldest person <laughs> in our little association, but uh, he's he seems to be, uh, with his current health, he seems to be transitioning from player to uh, referee full-time, and, you know, hopefully that'll be a good adjustment for him health-wise, but um, he he definitely is somebody that's very important to the LIQ, as I said, referee, timekeeper, official net transporter right. um i was going to say net minder but i guess that would be That's me <laughs> so that doesn't really work but uh yeah he's 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 uh the keeper of the nets although not the keeper of the goal which again is me but uh yeah he's he's a valuable vital member of the LIQ and and we're very happy to have him and Obviously, he contributed in large part to the upbringing and, and love of sports of Rob, who is his son, member of the LIQ, and and a founding member of the LIQ, and uh, basically the uh, the whole reason why this little endeavor got started. So you know the the McCullers on the whole, and Pops especially, have played a huge role in the founding of the LIQ, and and my own personal love of deck hockey. And uh, I guess uh, your rekindled love of the sport. So we both owe him a great debt of gratitude. Thanks, Pops.
0: Amen. Thanks, Pops. And we'll thank you again at the end of the show. That's right. And, and thanks, Rob, for sharing him with us, too. We appreciate that. Yes. Thank you for not being selfish. Yeah. <laughs> so, Gary, as you mentioned in a few podcasts ago, uh, your connection with your father, one of these specific things was uh, not hockey. Yeah, yeah. And, my, yeah. My
1: dad uh, wasn't really a hockey fan growing up none of my family was hockey was just kind of something as i've said before that i came to on my own but my dad did love to play knock hockey and even before we ever started watching hockey games we'd play knock hockey a lot when i was a kid and so that's something that i definitely associate with my father and and that's kind of a a quote-unquote hockey tradition that i get from him so for that i'm very appreciative and i'm glad i can share that with him
0: awesome and yeah personally for me for my father One of the things, uh, the many great things that he's done was when his company that, that he worked for, they had a luxury box at Madison Square Garden. And my dad would always make sure that my brother and I would always get tickets for Rangers games. Lucky. Oh, forget about it. It it was – we were on cloud nine. The the coolest part about it too was we were in college at the time. Gary and I both went to the same university and meaning that there was a lot of free time after class. And it was a little bit easier to drive around from Brooklyn to the city back then. Mm -hmm. It seemed to just get much more congested and everybody has a car now and whatnot and with all the construction and so on and so forth. So if my dad would call me in the afternoon and say, hey, I got a couple tickets for you and your brother, jump in the car. Go to MSG. We had a place to park it and everything. We had it down to a science. And oh, so it,
1: this – I'm sorry. This continued even into college that he had these uh,
0: tickets that you were able to avail yourselves of? Yeah. Well, my, my brother and I refer to it as the Gretzky era. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, So from what, 96 through 99, right? I think right, 99, I yeah. Yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, that was a blast. And the, the funny thing too was it being a luxury box and my father working for a, a huge bank mm-hmm. – a lot of lawyers would schmooze clients there, so we'd always have to behave ourselves and <laughs> make sure we didn't get too rowdy and whatnot. But, yeah, that, that was a lot of fun and, and much appreciated. Sure. That's, that's uh, awesome. Really, that's, yeah. that's great. Way to go, uh, Mr. Sejazi. Yes, thank you. Thank you. And, and another cool thing that my dad did, among many, many things, was he actually bought me my first pair of elbow pads and shin guards for roller hockey and even got me a puck to practice with. And yeah, the the really cool thing about that was it was just a surprise out of the blue. It wasn't Christmas time. It wasn't my birthday. And I didn't even hound him for this stuff either. So he just came home one day, like threw the stuff at me and and ran off into another room. Wouldn't even let me thank him and stuff because my dad's not the most affectionate guy in the world. (laughs) Okay, gotcha. You know. Which I take after him at that. Mm-hmm. It's kind of hard for us to express our emotions, I okay. guess. Maybe we're a little bit of Mr. Spock. Mm-hmm. One of the reasons why I love that character so much. But uh, it doesn't mean that we don't love and and, and show it in other ways. And uh, that, that's one of my favorite memories I have and and something I really appreciate. And that's one of the great things about fathers and their children is that, uh, especially fathers and sons, is guys tend, and this is a generalization, mm we tend to be a little quieter and not as uh, emotional or as, uh, as women are or affectionate or at least out, showing that. Right. But, uh, you know, like my father and I could drive to a golf course in Jersey for a couple of hours and not say a word to each other, but that doesn't mm-hmm. mean we're angry or anything. <laughs> it's just, we have nothing to say. It tells me where to go and whatever. And that's it. But, uh, but yeah, you know, when you use the, 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 the gifts that, that they buy for you and all of the sacrifices that they make, which mm-hmm. they never, ever talk about or, or, want credit for uh, even from working nine to five and keeping food on the table and mm-hmm. so on and so forth it's uh, just really greatly appreciated and from the heart and um, especially for fathers and sons they set examples of how you should grow up as the man you should become yeah and uh, and for fathers and daughters and you're a prime example of that some of the really sweet touching things that uh, your daughter has said to you over there her her Young life so far and and long life to her, and live long and prosper, if you will uh to your sweet, sweet daughter, I mean the oh, well, father and daughter, yeah, is just one of the most precious relationships that there are oh yeah, she's daddy's little girl, she's yeah, uh,
1: and as my wife will be the first to tell you, she's got me wrapped right around her little fingers, so uh <laughs> that you know goes with it's, starts <laughs> it's just the way it goes exactly.
0: That's right. Uh, my mom and 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 her father unfortunately he passed away when she was only 18 19 hmm. years old so my brother and I never had an an opportunity to even meet the man but sim similar thing too he was kind of like my dad where uh you know he's quiet and, mm-hmm. and not openly affectionate, but and uh, and and he was very intimidating and stuff, but not to my mom. <laughs> it was like anything she wanted, or, uh, uh-huh. or she could even, you know. It was just, it's so funny to, to to see that side of you guys just melt when when your precious daughters come around. So that that's really a sweet, beautiful thing. Well, thank you. Yeah, and uh, to you, Gary, to our dads, our fathers who we just spoke about, to my brother. And to all of the fathers of the LIQ, like Pops, who we mentioned, uh, Patrick, JJ, and Rich, uh, have a very, very happy Father's Day, guys. Uh, you men are the best. Oh, men. thank you, James. The best. You got it. Thank you. Sure. So uh, what's next? Now, yeah. Uh, you know, if you're looking for something to get, Dad, for uh, Father's Day. Nice. The um, <laughs> Two amazing players of the 1980 U.S. Olympic hockey team, Mike Arruzzione and uh, Jim Craig, are auctioning off some of their game-used gear from that legendary series. What?! Yeah, uh, Mike Arruzzioni, Captain Mike Arruzzioni, I should say, (laughs) auctioned off some of his jerseys and sticks he used during the 80s Olympics Mm -hmm. versus the Russians and then when they won the gold as well. That was a few years ago that he did that, and it was to raise funds for... His Winthrop Foundation, that provides for charities in his hometown in Massachusetts. Okay. So it was, yeah, basically what he was saying was that um, he kept the stuff in a a hockey bag in his attic and it was just (laughs) collecting dust. (laughs) Now, this gear is priceless. And like the great Indiana Jones said in the last crusade. It belongs in a museum. Yes, it does. Absolutely. It doesn't belong in a duffel bag collecting dust. And I don't know if fans have the right to own such historic Americana. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that, that should be in the Hockey Hall of Fame or, or the American Hockey Hall of Fame and stuff. Uh, the Hockey Hall of Fame in, in Toronto, I should say. But uh, Yeah, I just hope it
1: doesn't get bought by some Russian oil baron yeah. who's going to burn it.
0: Exactly right. That's true. Uh, Fingers crossed there's some stipulation or whatnot that you need to be like the American Rhino. I mean, red, white, and blue, baby. It it
1: won't be the American Rhino. Trust me. I I don't have that much money.
0: You and me both, brother. But uh, (laughs) as for Jim Craig, his stuff is being auctioned off right now, but you better hurry because the auction actually ends today. Today day <laughs> All right.
1: so, i hope this podcast gets posted early enough so people can take advantage of that
0: yeah uh, the genius of mr gary max sir we can definitely put some stuff on the website and, and our facebook page to alert people of this but when you hear this podcast it will be ending today june 17th 2016 and they are estimating that craig's collection could bring in between five to seven million dollars wow. worth yeah of, of seventeen items that he is auctioning off through Lelands dot com. So like yeah Gary said if if you have the money and your dad's a huge hockey fan and you appreciate this beautiful country that we live in, have at it, man. So <laughs> if I were to get some of Jim Craig's
1: uh priceless stuff I probably – I wouldn't be playing Deck hockey in it.
0: Uh, oh, absolutely right. <laughs> right. Uh, just looking at the website right now, as a matter of fact, yeah. I'm trying to find the quote-unquote cheapest item, and it looks like for 500 bucks you could – Get a, a vial of Jim Craig's sweat. Basically, it's Jim Craig's (laughs) Levi's jeans and dress outfit worn (laughs) in the 1980 Winter Olympics opening ceremonies. (laughs) Uh,
1: Okay, I support, uh, you know, a a charity auction, but that's a bald face cash grab. That's that's shameless. I know there will be people who will buy it, but that's
0: shameless. Yeah, but if, if you're really nuts, if you actually want his gold medal for crying out loud, that's about two hundred and sixty grand. That's a lot of money. Yep, uh, his jersey is about two hundred and fifteen thousand, and the very famous, Amer- the actual American flag that he draped himself with after winning the gold medal, mm-hmm. right now is posted as one hundred and ninety-five thousand bucks. See,
1: uh, the only thing there that you mentioned that surprised me is the gold medal, because I mean, yeah. you you want to make a you know make a, a pretty penny off of your memorabilia i get that a lot of athletes do that eventually and otherwise really it, it's just going to collect dust you know better that it should go to somebody who's really going to love it and appreciate it but your gold medal if i won a gold medal in one of the most iconic moments in olympics history i don't know if i'd be so quick to sell that off
0: even if it would bring me a lot of money it's Funny you should say that because you basically just quoted the captain, Mike Ruzioni. Oh yeah. Because yeah, yeah when, when when he had his stuff that he was auctioning off in uh, 2013, I believe it was. It was right around the anniversary. I think the 33rd okay. anniversary of the Miracle on Ice. He is quoted as saying, "As long as I'm alive, that gold medal won't be sold." So I agree with you. And and he basically said the same thing that it's 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 priceless. It's mm-hmm. and and they earned it. I mean, they earned it a oh, million yeah, absolutely. So I couldn't agree with you more. That's something that uh, besides the Stanley Cup mm-hmm. and any Olympian out there, obviously, you want that gold medal. I mean, Lord knows what it takes to win those things. Mm-hmm. Even just to, to, to place is remarkable. But I agree with you 100 percent, man. I mean, that's just wow. Y- yeah. You're, yeah. You're just, like like they said in um, Wayne's world, that we're not worthy and we, we are not.
1: So yeah, I mean and this isn't like tandem curling that they won the gold medal for. This is again, this is one of the most iconic moments in Olympic
0: history. Absolutely for hockey fans, for sports fans, for for American citizens and I'm sure the military as well, they 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 probably appreciated it a little bit more than any of us uh, the rest of us do for their great sacrifices. Mm-hmm. And whatnot, but holy moly, boy, that's uh, that's something else. So if if you're gonna win that thing, um, hope you earn it in some kind of way, Uh and maybe even donate it to Mister Craig himself or his family, or maybe uh,
1: rethink that one, Jimbo, not you. Yeah, no,
0: yeah, yeah, I got you, I got you, definitely. So. But uh, but that's that. But but act fast because, like we said, uh, when when you hear this podcast, it's closing out today. So good and luck.
1: supplies are extremely
0: limited. <laughs> yes, yeah, right, they are. Uh, but if you really go nuts, and if you have a few million bucks to burn, I mean, you could get a jersey. You can get his stick, uh, skates. You could get his mask. Mm-hmm. So uh, pads, blocker, mm-hmm. um, even his his game used goalie pants. So. G Mac, you know, hey if you need any other Uh
1: I got a pair of hockey pants, thank you. <laughs> okay. Although that mask is tempting. Although I'd probably want to play in it and that would just be a terrible idea, so
0: I don't know. It's uh you know, for seventy nine thousand dollars, why not? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was, what's a
1: what else am I gonna do with seventy nine thousand dollars?
0: Yeah, jeez. Could buy a Corvette or pay your rent for Lord knows how many years put your child through college but uh-huh. and that's that so, all right uh,
1: well with that said <laughs> why don't we uh welcome back sam chima from snipe town and go ahead and get into the second half of our interview and maybe we'll start off by finding out a little bit more about sam so let's go back to that second half of the interview
2: here goes so yeah i'm from the uk i'm from london just outside you know i watched a Mighty Ducks, uh, four years old and i said to my mom and dad hey i want to do that and they were like what is that what is this game i have no idea um give my mom some Ireland, and you know my dad is indian heritage so they're like what is ice hockey you know lo and behold i was down on a rink and i took to it like a duck to water they'd said and um major seven i joined the team and the team became like You know, we were in the national finals at seven years old. It's kind of a surreal moment. And then from there on in, I just played all the way throughout. And then at 16, you know, in the way English hockey works, it's basically same professional at a top level. Some guys can earn enough to get paid full time. Mm. Um, A great perk is you get accommodation and potentially a car so when I was 16 while still playing what typically you guys would call junior hockey sure I signed like a two way contract we call it um, with Stratton Redskins and then I you know played a couple more seasons with uh, and Victor and Milton Keynes before coming over here in the last couple of years I'm actually returning in September to play but you know hockey's different over there it's you know they say you know in europe you got olympic size pads but in england it's any size pad that you can take it's uh okay <laughs> some rings don't have plexi you know some have got netting it's
1: oh it's oh, uh, oh, all right
2: uh, yeah so home ice advantage is very key for a lot of teams yeah sounds like it <laughs> um you know locker rooms are very ambiguous shall i say okay uh, money wise it's it's difficult to divulge in like what guys get paid and and whatnot um it's and some teams are very professionally run some teams are not very professionally run but they're all in the same league all fine for the same thing which makes it very strange the biggest you know the biggest downside i'd say is probably the the coaching aspect over there where in comparison to here you know usa hockey is is very much more emphasis on development and Mm. and that sort of development of players that development of you know even USA hockey is the role hockey as well, even like probably the deck hockey. You get the same, you get hockey guys doing all these different sports and, you know, not just playing on the ice. Whereas in the UK, the development isn't really there as such for coaches, players, and refs. So the game kind of becomes a bit stale and the progression route to bigger and better things isn't on the cards right now. My idea, like, you know, the way I look at it is you're losing a lot of good talent who you know want to coach but you know at the end of the day hockey, you can only sacrifice so much and financial restraints and traveling around the country for no reward you know just to pay for yourself to get to a coaching sure. uh, session it's it's always at a loss out of pocket for yourself and it's mm. um that's why i think it's keeping the game back so a bit of investment there probably tv coverage is not you know not up there but that's not the main thing like you, you build from the base up and I think English hockey and UK hockey in general was kind of stagnated. But saying that, you know, in the last lockout, the Elite League had um, Paul Bisonette play there. You had uh, probably the best player, Matt Bolesky, He now plays the Boston Bruins. He was in the uh, Coventry Blaze system. And then uh, Tom Sosito, uh, the last team he played for, I know it was at the Philadelphia, probably went to it was at Vancouver. So, yeah, so a few guys in the lockout. So, yeah, but it's, it's UK hockey. It's, it's, it's I would say, over here is probably top level elite league, is the comparison to between top end ECHL and then the step down English Premier League is probably equivalent to, I would say, the Federal League, but without the fighting. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if you know the Federal League, but yeah, without the fighting.
1: Sam, let me just ask you um, I've heard in the UK that uh, hockey isn't that popular of a sport? Actually, what, what I've heard is that field hockey, uh, which is essentially a different sport, is a lot bigger than ice hockey. What, what is the level of popularity over there?
2: Yeah, so I'd say, you know, the way I break it down is there's four leagues. Um, is the Elite League, the English Premier League, the National Ice Hockey League, one, and National Ice Hockey League, two. Um, so, in the Elite League, you could have, I think the limit is now 15 imports, so that's 15 players trained outside of the UK-British system, um, so you could have guys that come straight out of D1 College and go play there, you can have guys like Fia Fleury played in that league, um, just uh so, yeah, (laughs) he came over and he put up some good points and Fia was fantastic on the ice, you know, like, I remember watching him when I was a kid and I was like, wow, what's he doing here? But, um... And then, so, like, them teams, the arena teams, so, like, FIO play for Belfast Giants, they would average about 6,000 fans. and then Non and Panthers, again, they're, they're about 6,000, Sheffield Steelers, 6,000, Brehead, a bit smaller than that, in Glasgow, that's about 4,000. And then when you jump down to the EPL, I say the average attendance is somewhere between 1,500 to 2,000 people, and then the NIHL, I say, the attendance is anywhere between 500 to 1,000. Hmm. Um, okay. So... Yeah, but there is no TV coverage as such. Um, the Elite League gets a little bit of uh, highlighting on the National Sports Network, which is Sky Sports. But it's you know a lot of people have this old idea that hockey is just these knuckleheads Canadians going at it, um, <laughs> you know, knocking teeth out and you know like hockey, you know, guys are missing teeth. Yeah, I'm missing a couple of teeth myself, but it's um. It's not like that anymore. And I think I think the best way is like, there's a GM who was at, um, at Belfast, did great things there, now he's at Cardiff and doing even better things in Cardiff, Todd Kelman. He said that basically you're competing not with other sports, you're competing with the things like the cinema or going out for dinner with the family. Hmm. And um, the, in, like, the engagement level is what you need for hockey. It's not just what you put on the ice, It's, you know, before the game, after the game, during the game, you know, like during the timeouts, during the puck stops, you know, even the music, even the light show, like all these little intricate, making it more, you know, so you're paying 15, which is pounds, maybe for a game, which is about $20 or so. Right. You've got to really put on the show there, you know, you've got to make sure that like everything that they come in there and they're like, wow, like even if the game is terrible, they're still like, wow, you know, this is really cool and get people hooked that way, which I think, you know a lot of teams need to kind of do, even in the NHL, you know, I, you know, you go to the Barclay Center, there's not really much happening right there right now, no. so, you know, I think it's, it's, it's a whole package that you're selling in, and uh, that's a, that's, that goes for any sport, especially in today's society where everyone wants to sit at home, no one wants to pay for anything and just, you know, watch things on the laptops, stream them, yeah, sure. you want to get people out there and experiencing real tangible things.
1: So, if I understand what you're saying, the perception in terms of marketing over there isn't so much selling a sport as it is selling a spectacle. Yeah,
2: I'd say so. Yeah, and it's not, it's, it's trying to engage fans in a, a more a longer term agreement than just a one ticket and done. You know, like all right, I went to one game and it kind of sucked. All right, I'm not going again. You know, like <laughs> and you know, I I think a lot of teams find in the trouble is. You, know, you give out these freebies, or you give the kids go free nights, and right. and that may look great because it's bums on seats, but it's really like who's really paying for like for the seats? You know, no one's paying for them. So there's a, there's a little grey area there in the growth. But again, if they can get that right, it comes back to this: if the money gets invested in that funnel, then it can come back down to the development and produce hopefully a better product on the ice, which will then uh, you know grow the national game and get gb up into a different maybe seeding in the ihf world championships which will give us more exposure but you know there's a couple kids right now who I played with growing up you know they moved over back over here but Brandon Polini was one of them he's a notable one he was drafted by Arizona in a first round pick in 2014 he played for team canada I think he moved back here when he was 13 his brother. I was coached by his uh, his dad, who was Fred Plainey, a former NHLer for Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah, and his cousin uh, Scott Conway, who was a you know brick kid, um, went to Penn State last year, went to BCHL and played for the Penticton V's and put up phenomenal stats. Like I think he broke like six records of the whole league. This year he was going to Providence College. You know these two kids are you know I'd say they're, ne- they're English trained. You know from day one. Um, so that's great, you know. Strides and movement. Yeah, they did a lot of stages of their progression over here and skill development. But you know, just having them two kids alone, would um, be great advocates for what we can do and what kind of talent we can produce if we just really put our mind to it.
0: Yeah, we appreciate that a lot. And first of all, growing up, I was a huge Theo Flurry fan as well, and then being a Ranger fan. When he came over to uh, New York, unfortunately, we, we kind of ruined his life. But anyway, I'm glad that he uh, was, was able to succeed out in, in England. And it's really cool that you guys – you sound like the founding fathers of the NHL for England. And we kind of see that a little bit, I guess, in a little bit of a bigger scale in the States over here with, with soccer, where we have our version of the Serie A and, and the Premier League of soccer. We have the Major League Soccer, MLS – which it's, it's come a long way in the last 20 years, but comparatively we, we can't compete with the European teams. But uh, it's cool to see that at least it started somewhere, it's growing, and that's the benefit of, of what you guys are doing for hockey out in, in your homeland as well, and, uh, especially in Europe. I mean, hockey is pretty, pretty popular with Sweden and, and Russia and whatnot. So, uh, you know, we appreciate that. And, and like you said, the more NHLers that get there, hopefully younger kids would... Maybe even if they would not totally sacrifice the football for a hockey stick, but maybe they would do both and uh, hopefully progress and and contribute for the beautiful sport of hockey in
2: the world and coming over here in the States and in Canada. Yeah, I think I just... um just getting participation numbers, a stick in hand, you know. It doesn't have to be on the ice. It could be, like, you know, deck hockey is the perfect way to get people involved, you know. Like, yeah. just just getting that first contact. And um, I do some stuff with hockey in Harlem. Um, I don't know if you guys know the program. John Sanford heads it up, and it's a great uh, organization for kids in the Harlem to really... You know, who don't never really know about hockey, and, and they they register something like over 200 kids each year on the ice, free equipment. That's great. But um, John initiated a program up there where it was basically it was like an intro to hockey, but it was just it was just floor, floor ball on a Tuesday. 20 kids showed up, and it was their first taste, and and from there, a lot of kids got hooked and like, wow, I want to go on the ice now, uh, and you know, and just without that program alone, you would have lost 20 kids. So if, if something like that in, in schools and the curriculum can be initiated, I think growth levels will be great, and hopefully we get more hockey. You know, like it's expensive sport. That's, that's, yes, that's true too. Yeah, and yeah. Um, especially ice hockey. You know, like the you know, you other two forms of hockey, you could probably get away with very minimal stuff, which is great. But you know, brands are now driving prices up even higher. I got word that basically it's now going to be a two. Play a race, basically with CCM and Bauer, mm. only going to be the main players in the market. Which you know, this year we saw an eight hundred dollars skate. Next year we're going to see a thousand dollars skate. And we live in a world now where you know it's very difficult for kids to feel that they they have the best product and the demands and the parents and you know to supply to their kids. Well, you know, you're not going to say to your your son or your daughter, "Oh no, you can't have that," because you know you you want to provide the best. And um it's a very materialistic way of looking at things but it's um it's sad for the game of hockey I think, the you know, greed or however they want to justify it.
1: No, you're absolutely no. right. In uh sorry James, in in other sports you can share equipment or or there's very little equipment needed. You know, baseball you can share bats. You need a glove, but a glove isn't that expensive. In you know, basketball you have one basketball. You need a pair of sneakers, basically. In uh football or or uh soccer you have a ball and you just you kick that around in uh you know but but for hockey everybody needs a stick everybody needs skates everybody needs pads and gloves and you're right it is expensive and it is um it does make it a bit inaccessible which is unfortunate so it's great that there are programs out there to help kind of uh defray that cost and and kind of help people get into hockey without having to put down that outlay that they may not be able to afford
2: yeah and i just wish um you know i like we me and jane spoke earlier about the kingsbridge project Hmm. you know that comes into fruition. i know mark mess is going to do some phenomenal things there with bauer as i I believe he works with them but um and just getting people on the ice and i and i that when that comes to fruition and It's going to be great for New York City hockey. It's going to be great for East Coast hockey and just hockey in general because um, engagement levels are going to be up and we're going to be able to see some real strides and hopefully produce the first New York City-born NHL, which would be cool to say.
1: Yeah, we've talked about that project on the podcast before. It is definitely an important project and I hope it gets off the ground and it uh, is as successful as they're trying to make it.
0: Yeah, and yeah, and in the gear vein, which which is an excellent point you brought up, Sam. Uh, speaking of uh, uh, Snipe Town's creativity and sense of humor, uh, this will a tie-in perfectly, which you did a nice job in, whether you realize it or not, is the feature that you guys did called "Perfect Starter Gear" and what to give up to afford it. It was an excellent example of what Snipe Town's all about, and the type of gear that you can buy where you can still have a life and 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 eat and whatever yeah, but, yeah. but uh how much research went into that and were those quote-unquote sacrifices totally
2: worth it for hockey every sacrifice is worth for <laughs> hockey Any, you know like whatever you going to do like it's worth it um you know I mean, uh, there's extensive research done to a to a degree for that we actually are now doing a, a kind of a follow-up series to that we're working with uh Uh, evan's friend jay who's never played hockey before he's never really skated before can't really skate and so we're going to teach him how to play hockey in a video series and you know last week we got him fitted for all the sizes he needs and you know he jay is from extra butter which is a, a shoe store which um and it's kind of like they're on the Lower East Side and they work very closely at Reebok and they made a shoe for the New York Islanders this year I don't know if you saw that shoe at all it was a collaboration project which was really really cool anyway long story short Jay's friends with Matt Martin and he's in wow yeah so he's gonna Deliver one of our lessons, and that's kind of the progression that we came from. That starting gear, you know, what to give up. So I guess Jay's sacrifices. He's going to get hit by Matt Martin, and I feel the full force of a uh, six foot four or whatever he is, a uh, six five. I don't know how tall he is now. Like on skates, he's six seven. I know that's for sure.
0: He petrifies uh, me from the stands and from TV, yeah. so I would never even <laughs> attempt to be in the same arena as that gentleman.
2: <laughs> but you know what it is? It's like uh, the BFG, big friendly giant, you know, off the yeah. <laughs> he, Oh, is that ice. what that stands for? Yeah, like <laughs> yeah. He, he won. Um, I think he won another award this year for being like you know a philanthropic and doing all the great things he does in the community and and gives back and get involved with whatever they want to do in in delivering sessions and. And, uh, on that front as well, he's, he's been great within the hockey community and he's all about the growth of the game, which is fantastic. So, um, when we get these, uh, these sessions done and, and we really teach Jay how to skate, the end goal for him is to, uh, to join the team out in Aviator that, um, Evan and Jack play on. We have a little Snipe Town team out there. Oh yeah. So, uh, yeah. So we're going to hope to, uh, to get that going, get him on the ice, get him, get him be able to take a hit by Matt and, uh. That's oh, the regression. Shit. But just regarding the article, you know, that's the kind of thing we're into. We're into creative, we're into a bit you know, a bit out there, a bit um, you know, tongue in cheek kind of thing. And uh, it was very sad to sacrifice the Porsche, but hey <laughs> <laughs> and means must, eh?
0: Yeah, but I mean who needs a Porsche when you could skate fast anyway, so Yeah, yeah that was, know, that was like, trade.
2: <laughs> Hey, how can you you can't drive a Porsche in New York City anyway, so you may as well like <laughs> Good point.
0: So, uh, so yeah. Before we let you go, just one more question for Snipe Town, if you wouldn't mind. Um, we, like you said, uh, Gary and I also appreciate the sarcastic sense of humor that you guys have, and yeah, the tongue-in-cheek stuff. So, one of the other features that you guys did in the first edition was the forgotten teams of NYC piece, which I thought was really clever. I read it, I enjoyed it, and I like the fact that you even had. Um, limited edition shirts for the teams will you be guys doing more creative stories like that in the future
2: um yeah that's definitely something that's up already jack is obviously the head of editorial he you know we're working on something right now we got a few ideas banging around for the world cup of hockey the same kind of idea but <laughs> it's pretty it's pretty funny what we we want to produce again whatever you know whatever we think that's gonna work and whatever content and you know like uh, we got a lot. Of, we got a big group of contributors who are uh, who are very keen to help us and write and and create these you know these stories of. But uh, you know the, the, the T-shirt series worked well as well with Streaker Sports. That little collab there, and it's something that you know we, we we're looking to do again come September time for the World Cup of Hockey, and hopefully all the ducks get aligned so we can make it work. But yeah, it's you know. It's whatever we think that's funny and we just write it. Like there's no really rhyme or reason to it and it's that's that's the way it is and it's like uh, last week we featured a story about a um, Danish hockey team. A guy sent me an email. I you know, I read it, and I was like, Wow, it's pretty funny and the team's called Fat Boys and I was like, Wow, <laughs> what he calls that team Fat Boys? And so so they yeah, we made a small town in Denmark, you know, we made a city you know, like, snipetown in like Town, Denmark, you know, like so um, yeah, it's little cool content like that, little snippets, any random stories, any hockey like like the hockey world is filled with stories. Like you go into any locker room, there's guys. that's really enough stories. There's 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 always one or two guys in the team that has like the best stories, and that's all he does. He like he'll wait five minutes before he's on the ice to get changed because the rest of the time he's just talking stories. He's just you know he's chewing off <laughs> from the hair pieces and. Uh, and, yeah, hockey is, you know, where everything is funny, where everything is cool, there's never a really rhyme or reason to it, We're just seeing what's out there and just throwing it. Awesome. Just a couple of
0: things left for me. Yeah, like Sam mentioned, that feature that you did on Danny Ryland in the first edition of Snipe Town, uh, she's a female hockey player, and uh, that was an interesting story. So there's plenty for the ladies out there to uh, check yeah. out for
2: Snipe Town as well. No, um, yeah, definitely for um, on the ladies' front, we're, we're going to get even bigger because... Uh, we work very closely to NWHL um, Danny's obviously the commissioner there I play on her team on a Tuesday night so you know I'm always with Danny but yeah it's uh, there's definitely there's a big like the, the ladies market in this game it it has never been big as it should have been and Danny has done fantastic things and especially the league at NWHL to grow the game and what they've done within 12 months has been fantastic and what they continue to do and I think the the number one stat was the the u s a the the Olympic women's final was the most viewed final yes. I don't know what the figures were Taki, yeah right um but it's it's fantastic like to see that kind of um level of participation and engagement and it's it's transferred because now they're running clinics they've done one in jersey done one in Alaska. um there's a lot of involvement there on a community basis. And um, I think a lot of people can relate to these women now and in National Women's Hockey League as well because, you know, they're getting paid, but they also have a job. And it, it's great to see what... The, I know the captain for the Riveters drives down from Albany for practice two days wow. a week. Hmm. Albany to Brooklyn is uh, yeah. It's yeah. not just around the corner, you know, like, hey, let's no, no, have no, a no, practice, and practice. It's a and, day's worth of travel, yeah. Yeah, and practice is late, you know. Practice is like... Yeah. Um, I think they're off the ice at maybe 11. I don't quote me on that, but wow. you know, like that's a lot of driving, and you know, and then weekends of games. So it's um, it's only gonna get bigger. So you know, if you have ladies listening in, keep following what they're doing, hype them up because uh, it's it's gonna be a fantastic space, and and they're gonna rival the you know, they're just gonna grow the game of hockey even more.
0: Yeah, and you know what you're talking about, too, coming from your background with uh, with hockey in, in, in England as well. So very cool stuff. And Gary and I first spoke about Snipetown a few months ago during the Rocky Sullivan's Deck Hockey Tournament, as we mentioned before. And Gary posted links to Snipetown from our Hit the Deck sources then, and he will do so again now. So for Absolutely. everybody out there to check it out. And uh, Sam, it was a pleasure. Thank you so much for your patience and for joining us tonight. It was an excellent interview. I hope you had as much fun as we did. No, and, yeah, uh, definitely. Great. Yeah.
2: No, I had a lot of fun. Cheers, guys. Thanks for having me on. It's always uh, it's always good to talk more hockey uh, all the time. So, Sam, before yeah. we
1: go, can you just um, two things? One, can you clarify for me? Is Snipe Town NYC evolving into Snipe Town, or are both websites going to continue to exist?
2: Snipetown NYC is going to evolve to just snipetown.com, but Snipetown will also embody the Snipetown NYC site on there as a drop-down city.
1: Thanks for that. And can you please tell our
2: listeners where you can find Snipetown? You can find Snipetown um, to buy. You can buy it via our website. And if you want to buy it in a brick-and-mortar old-stool kind of store, um, you can buy a uh, Westside Stick and Skate which is on 5th Ave, and it's between 23rd and 22nd Avenue, right by the Flatiron. And okay. it's, it's a, you got to check it out. It's, it's a cool hockey store if you're in New York City. How can we find you on social media? Uh yeah, just follow us at SnipetownNYC on Instagram. Uh, Facebook, just Google Snipetown. Twitter, uh, at Snipetown underscore, um, all our handles yeah and just anything you want to shoot some videos shoot some pictures we always do collaborations and we want to post you know user-generated content so yeah shoot us a a message
1: all right and please visit snipetown.com for passionate underground grassroots hockey thanks so much for joining us sam we really appreciate you taking the time
2: cheers guys i appreciate it too
1: thanks again sam for taking the time last minute remaining Thanks, Pops. So here we are, last minute. Uh, We hope you enjoyed episode 19 of the Hit the Deck podcast, and stay tuned next week for our very special 20th episode. You're not going to want to miss that one, so check it out. In the meantime, we'd like to thank, extend a a warm, warm thanks to Anthony Sejazi for music used in the podcast. We'd like to thank the LIQ for sound effects. Again, Thank you, Pops, not only for being the voice of the podcast, but for being an integral part of the LIQ and everything you do. Thank you, the listener, for sticking with us. Thank you to Sam for spending all that time with us uh, over the course of two podcasts to tell us about Snipe Town. Please check out Snipetown. It's definitely worth your while. If you're a hockey fan, you are going to enjoy their content. And if you're a hockey fan and you enjoy our content, please... Subscribe on iTunes, listen to us on Stitcher, check out our Facebook page at Hit the Deck, Instagram at Hit the Deck, our Twitter is at hit the deck pod. Contact us, email us at hit the at gmail and please don't be a stranger james and i would always love to hear from you james is there anything you would like to contribute before we wrap up
0: yeah just once again very 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 happy father's day to you and all the dads out there
1: thank you sir on behalf of all dads everywhere because i am their elected spokesman as we know we collectively appreciate it so Thank you. Thank you, the listener, for sticking with us once again. And please, on Father's Day, if your dad was a, a, a good dad and a good hockey dad, he probably taught you this. Please remember, it's deck Hockey. Don't be that guy. Thanks, everybody. Maybe we should start off by finding out a little bit more. A little bit. <laughs> ow, maybe I'll take that one again,
0: yeah,, I don't know it sounded perfect to me, ow.